Babes is a comedic platform for sharing Indigenous women's worldview on all aspects of their lives. Our goal is to teach Indigenous women how to be nice to each other. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, our goal is to um, empower each other, right? And to share with each other and teach each other and so that we can all heal together absolutely and talking with like healing i don't know if we are ever fully healed we help each other even when we are going through our own tough times absolutely and what we just want to do is just have you know regular community conversations some of our topics and upcoming episodes will include empowerment decolonizing sex indigenous women entrepreneurs self-love, grief and healing, sleep and dreaming, decolonizing sexuality through art, beadwork, cultural identity, and this is just to name a few. Awesome. Sounds like a really great lineup. So you want to give us a short intro of who you are? Yeah, for sure. Ani, Stephanie Ponglish, Dijnikas, Lee Kong, Minon, Skamak, Don Jaba, Zedodem, and Chano, Miguandida. Uh, my name is Stephanie Ponglish. I currently reside in Toronto and I am from Wikwemkong and Skamuk. Awesome. So my name is Liz and I'm also known as Chance. Um, I'm an Ojibwe Odawa Potawatomi woman from Wikwemkong unceded territory. And we want to welcome you to laugh with us, learn with us, heal with us. Heal with us. Heal. Heal. <laughs> and we want to laugh along the way. Yeah. And we're yeah. so happy that you're here to join us. So check out today's podcast. Shwanda is from Wequemkong, Ontario, Manitoulin Island. Born and raised on the traditional territory of the Three Fires Confederacy, Amy Bidaskekwe is from the Odawa Nation and is from the Nimki Benengashi Dodem. She is a mother of two boys, as well as a full-time student who is also a PhD candidate in Indigenous Studies at Trent University. Her research is on Anishinaabe motherhood the act of resistance by resurging traditional teachings and pedagogies. Her research interests primarily lie with strengthening Anishinaabe thinking, being, doing, and connecting with the land. She has diverse and multidisciplinary interests in indigenous issues that include language, pedagogies, anti-colonial work, research methods and methodologies, urban indigeneity, governance, star knowledge, dream knowledges, storytelling, and Indigenous health. Please help us welcome Amy Shwanda. Hey. 
Ani Bidaske Kwe Dishnekaz Nimki Bineshi Dodem uh Wikwem Kong Don Jaba Nogo Jawaning Dada. So I am Amy Shawanda. Um my spirit name is Bidasakekwe, which is a super heavy name to carry, especially with Josephine Mandaman having her spirit name as the same as that. Um, I'm from the Thunderbird clan and I'm from Wiki and I'm currently living in Peterborough while I go to school to finish my PhD. Awesome, awesome. So welcome. I'm so glad you could join us today. Um, we have a few questions for you just to get into it. Uh, we're going to share the link to uh, the journal article titled Bawachige, Exploring Dreams as Academic References. Uh, but for those who haven't read it, um, we're just going to go through it a little bit and have a conversation about it. So uh, just to start, how did you get into the topic of Indigenous women and sleep, more specifically dreaming? Um, so that originally wasn't my research topic at all. Um, and it, it kind of came about, um, so I am an Indigenous studies focus and I am an advocate for Indigenous health. Um, but instead of examining it through like our traditional health and healing and well-being through a Western health model, I was looking through traditional lens. Um, and what I wanted to do was take our traditional ways of knowing and our holistic health and inform the Western health model. So it's us telling the Western health model, like this is how we do things. Um, so it was in my second year of my PhD, I was gearing up to get ready for, to defend my PhD proposal. And I said, no, I don't wanna do it instead. I actually just wanna do something else. And they were like, but you're almost there. So why do you wanna stop? I said, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. So I don't wanna force something that doesn't feel right. So how I ended up getting on Indigenous women and sleep was um, through a conversation I, I had with Manulani Alili Meyer, and she's a Hawaiian scholar. And she has this beautiful outlook of life and it's like looking inwards, outwards and towards the light. And so after that conversation really changed my perspective on looking at Indigenous health, Indigenous women and dreaming. And so when we were speaking there, um, so I started to look within and I wanted to empower our ways of knowing and Indigenous women. So how do I do that? Um, so after meeting Manulani, I ended up going on a trip to New Zealand and it led me down this trajectory of looking at Indigenous women and dreaming and everybody, almost everybody I met on that trip was talking about, oh, I had a dream about my research. I had a dream about this. I had a dream about that, but I don't know how to talk about it. So then I started really getting into, well, how do we go about that? Like, how do we talk about that? And it was actually Shez who shared the meme one <laughs> a few years ago where it kind of stuck with me, was like, oh, um, I had it as, I had it in my dream. And so I was like- Yeah, it yeah. was a footnote. And it was yeah. like, this was once revealed to me in a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that stuck with me and I was like, okay, hey, well, how do we do it? And so just before that trip, to New Zealand, my like, I had a dream of my grandma, and we were talking about we we're talking about this, and then she came to visit again, and then she really solidified how to get into this dream knowledge, how we talk about it, and how and she she, my only memories of her are speaking in Anishinaabemowin, so I'm a fluent speaker in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams, I'm fluent. <laughs> um, so yeah that was that's how that kind of came to be was just all these things and signs were pointing to like you need to write this you need to get this information out there but even just thinking of sleep and in, and in sleep in general and women majority of us are choose to be moms and some of us are lucky enough to be moms and um sleeping is like something we do take for granted I know when my first son was born I was like oh my god I took sleeping for granted I will never do that again <laughs> and, and then when I had my second same thing I was like oh right I'm not going to be sleeping for the next two years um but a lot of people don't understand like the importance of sleep I know we get through those first two three years sleep deprived but I mean we try to rest when we can and it, and it heals our body when we sleep and it's it regulates our mood so like you know when you're supposed to be going to sleep you're not so on edge the next day 
Um, and especially now looking at COVID and everything, um, sleep's really important for us because it helps build our immune system. It recovers the body. And for me as a student, it's also part of information processing. I need to rest my brain because it's going academically 24 seven hours of the day. And the only time it gets to stop is when I get to sleep, right? So, yeah. I mean, looking at all of these aspects of indigenous women sleep and dreaming, um, mind you not everybody's a dreamer either. Some of us are given that gift of dream. And that's something I do want to point out because when I have these conversations with my peers and my colleagues, they're like, well, I, I, I can't dream. I don't dream. So, but I sleep. I'm like, well, that's great. Not everybody was given that gift. Like I can't bead. I cannot be that all. So I'm like, I appreciate other people when they are, they're given that gift. So it's just looking at it like that as well. Yeah, for sure. And I noticed that, um, in extreme times of stress. So a lot of my university <laughs> career, if you could call it that, um, <laughs> I didn't dream and I would panic because I would go months without dreaming. And right. so I'm wondering if like, if being under large amounts of stress, you know, causes you to stop dreaming or to, to not be able to reach that level. Right. And I think everybody has a different stress level. Like when I'm stressed, my dreams are so vivid where I am like, is that real? Was that conversation I had real? And I really have to assess that. Um, everybody processes stress differently. And if you're one where your brain just kind of shuts down and just kind of lets you process those emotions, right? I think everybody has a different um, approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that... Um that people can access that level of dreaming, like in talking about health. So I know that you mentioned um, like getting adequate sleep or, you know, like we talked about levels of stress or. Um... Right, so there are different ways, like I was thinking about this, like how I incorporate getting good night's sleep in my own life. Um, I recently probably about six months ago just discovered lavender and I know that it's been there it's you see it everywhere like have lavender it's a nice tool to get you to sleep and I so I started incorporating it into my into my nightly ritual of going to bed and so one of the things actually shares you had shared this conversation too was turning off social media before going to bed and making sure like and it started to happen to me where you shared that and talking about I would read people's things and then I fall asleep and I dream about I'm like whoa what, what was yeah. that <laughs> yeah so I took your lead and I was like I'm gonna start turning off social media and I'm not like for me I can't read before bed because then it turns into an academic thing and my mind just starts to go so I do not do any reading before beds for some that may work but for me it's it's work yeah. <laughs> um but I find myself I've been doing a lot of meditating I will sit there and I'll just meditate and I'll just ease my mind, slow it down. Um, I know other friends do yoga before bed. So the nighttime yoga to just slow the body down, get it ready. Um, so also, I find if I'm having really stressful times or I'm really worried about friends or things in my life or just worried about our communities, um, especially when COVID first hit. I mean, I was so anxiety driven. I started to smudge a lot before going to bed. And when I woke up, I was just like, I just need something to calm me, get me going. Um, so I, I engaged with a lot of the smudging before bed. And I found that really helped with just calming, and especially getting the kids ready for bed. They'll smudge and I'll just ask for things they want to um, put into the universe for tomorrow or the ongoing week, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm super, super anxious and I can't get the wheels going off, melatonin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> melatonin I recently discovered since this whole COVID thing happened is I was like I need something to help and I don't I don't like to use drugs or alcohol I've cut that out of my life and I was like I need something more natural and speaking to my friends who are nurses and we were talking about what are things that I can engage in that are natural and we talked about melatonin and the different doses that there's like one where you can get for 2.5 up to 10 and so we talked about don't using it on too long because it could be um, inhibit your sleep 
pattern. Um, just when you need it, I guess, right? Um, and the last thing I love to do is hot baths before bed when I can, when my kids <laughs> give me that moment. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have those hot baths. I mean, not everybody has bathtubs or a hot shower with like maybe some, you can buy the little lavender drops and put them in and just have that steam come up, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like your personal sweat lodge in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <The> lavender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. And so um, you also talked a little bit about uh, dream catchers in your article as well. Yes. Yeah. So um, so in my research, I do um, Anishinaabe motherhood. And a lot of that is looking back at our practices. And with my oldest son, we he was gifted a dream catcher and so like I said the smudging before bed he'd be like mom I had a bad dream the night before this this isn't working and so I said well let's smudge it we need to reactivate it like let's charge it like a battery <laughs> like you would your iPad <laughs> yeah so we would take the the dream catcher and we would I would have him clean it with I guess best ways to clean it through this to the smoke and then he would hang it back up and then he would be like, wow, wow, mom, that really worked. And so he'd feel refreshed the next day and ready to go. So that was something we had done for him and it really worked. And to this day, he'll like go like the sponge and he'll like put it over again. So he's had that same dream catcher since he was born. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, you know, like I learned from you, like I never even thought to do that, you know, like I just thought, oh, dream catcher, we put it up and, you know, we're good. (laughs) But yeah, recently my children have been having quite a few nightmares and we've made medicine pillows, we've done like cedar baths and um, I have the diffuser going and I'm like, oh, I don't know what else to do. So reading your article, I was like, ah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And right, that's just like a little mental trick for them too. Like, oh, well, I reactivated, so it's going to work. So mom said it's going to work, so it's going to work. (laughs) So that's why when you teach your children that, right, they're just like looking and um, just those simple things and reassuring them when they go to bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to work. And this is Mm -hmm. just giving them the story again. And they're like, okay, they feel reassured going back to bed. Yeah, for sure. And so what do you think about um, people who hang dream catchers on their car windows? I personally don't do it. (laughs) Um, One, I don't do it myself because I feel like it's such a native signifier. Although when I'm driving throughout Peterborough, I'm like, oh, they're native, they're native, they're native. (laughs) Um, But I, I feel like it's just overdone. And I don't know, I don't think people really know the significance why they're doing it. They're just, I think it's a trend and people just do it because, oh, my auntie has one, my uncle has one, grandma has one, so I gotta pull one up too. And people don't really know why they're doing it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, you're not really sleeping while you're driving, so that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But okay, you do you. No judgment. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just think it's more of a trend that people are just kind of doing and following. Um, I would suggest if you're gonna hang anything, maybe put some sweet grass in and have that while you drive. I feel like that's a more useful to tool than <laughs> the dream catcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I always, um, I my babies have always had like little tiny moccasins when they were born. So I'll always take like one of their moccasins and that's what I hang off my window. So I feel like that's my like native signifier is like the beadwork in the window. <laughs> Well, it would make sense to put the baby, the baby moccasins in because when you're driving, you're, they're traveling with you and they're like traveling with you wherever you're going. Right. So if you're coming from Sudbury to Toronto and they're en route with you, like, why wouldn't you bring that? Because that's part of their bundle. Right. So why not have it while you travel? So see, to me, that makes sense. Not a dream catcher. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, did you want to ask the next question? Oh yeah, sure. Um, Oh, uh, what was your, <clears throat> sorry, what kind of things did you do to kind of take care of yourself and your health journey to get to this point in your career? Like, what are some of the, your self-care things that you've done along the way? Right. I feel like this is a common question I normally get, even when I'm doing my PhD research. One of the things is like, how are you taking care of yourself and your, bu- like your bundle? 
for doing research. Um, so one of the things, um, my health journey overall started with my oldest, my oldest when he was born. Um, and I found that is because I didn't know much about health and nutrition. And how was I supposed to teach my son about health and nutrition when I was never taught it? So, you know, when we're growing up on the reserve or your first nation, it's always junk food, fast food, super fast, convenient, um, tacos. <laughs> um, so I didn't really know any of that. And I had to educate myself on health, nutrition and physical activity and why they were necessary. I mean, uh, I mean, to some it's like, well, it's obvious why you need, but when you're growing up on the reserve, you're not really taught these things. Um, I know we had our gym teacher who would always get us to go running. And I, and since that, I always liked running. And so I started with that. And then, so I actually cut out a lot of people in my life and I started to build a circle of support and friendships where we would encourage each other health wise and we were health focused. And because I wanted to live a different lifestyle for my children, um, that's what I started with. And um, I felt like that was a positive shift for me was just, I need to, like, you can't be healthy when your environment is sick. So I had to remove myself from that and put myself into what I wanted to achieve. Um, so when the pandemic happened, I, again, was overwhelmed with all these feelings. I was like, I need to get this out. And I started running. I picked up running again. And just recently, I read this book by Trisha McGuire Adams, and it's called Indigenous Feminist Geek and Doswin Knowledge. Uh, it's a decolonizing through physical activity. And what she was able to articulate that I couldn't, um, she, had, she had asked what would happen if Anishinaabek women mindfully engaged in revitalizing the physical strength of our ancestors uh, in our own bodies. And I said, yes, that's what I've been trying to figure out, but she articulated it so well. Um, so throughout COVID, I really took a strong health focus and focusing on myself and my children and just trying to build these healthy, positive lifestyles for them. Um, in the book, she started talking about discipline, self-discipline on your health, because it takes a lot of dedication to go running, like making, getting yourself mentally worked up to go and um, reach whatever distances you want or fastest time. I always try to go distance and time and then you got to discipline yourself to eat properly so that you're nourished right so these are some of the things I had to learn I'm still learning um everything so when I found I was running a lot my mind was starting to get disciplined and then that's how I was able to write a research proposal write <laughs> uh, apply for um a co-instructor position that I got I was able to defend by uh, write this article and it was actually finding the physical activity, the health aspect and my academic success were all coming together because I was able to discipline my mind. So disciplining my body, I was able to discipline my mind and just working those aspects together. It was, it was challenging at times. There were times I'm like, oh my God. But a lot of people also don't think that you need to rest. And this is again, coming back to the resting and the dreaming um, I love dreaming. I love going to bed. I love waking up to see like what stories, what adventure I went on that night <laughs> or um, taking naps. Like a lot of people think uh, you got to hustle, 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 go, 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 go. Um, no, you, a big part of it too is just resting. So um, once five o'clock hits, I usually turn off everything and I just focus on my kids. I won't answer student emails. I'll just wait till the next day I'm like they can sorry kids you can wait till the next day but <laughs> I need to focus on family because now they're they're a priority right so these are some of the things I found that helped me was physical activity led to my good eating habits led to my academic success to what I want to achieve running is so much fun I I don't know I've uh, tried running before when I think I was just turned 30 and I was like, I got to try something new with my life. So when I started running it, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, but you have to get past those first 10 minutes, right? Yeah. The first <laughs> <'Cause> kilometer. <laughs> it's the first kilometer. That's the hardest. Because <laughs> your body's like, ah, <laughs> oh, I got to breathe. 
what's yeah. going on here <laughs> we don't do this yeah <laughs> i was trading for a marathon um and then what ended up happening was i could never i was running for eight months and i couldn't get past that first kilometer and i don't know what it is like i'm like once i get past the 1k mark i will be okay once i get past this i'll be okay <laughs> yeah but yeah and then you get into this meditative space like um it's not it's your mind and it's your whole body once you get to that part it's just like everything just looks brighter yes yes that's exactly uh, yeah. what i loved about it you feel like i would go running through parks or the bush or a safe trail and i just find i would zone out Mm -hmm. I'd be just like in the zone and I'd be like, whoa, where, how, what? Okay. What time is it? Wow. That was a fast run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you have any, like, um, like, uh, I know we've always had, you know, things about like deja vus and how we've kind of already been there at that moment um do you find that those kind of come at like different points in your life or like uh is there something you want to share about that oh yeah so with me personally I always find like I just had deja vu two weeks ago and I'm sitting there and I was like I dreamt this when I was 14 and it's so I can't I can almost remember almost every part of my life where I was like I remember this space. I remember walking through this apartment when I was seven. So for me, like it's, I can recall all of these past dreams to where I am. I'm like, okay. And I just give acknowledgement. I'm like, I, I'm, I acknowledge where I am. I acknowledge the space. Thank you ancestors for the reminder. <laughs> um, but there are like, those are the kind of deja vus I have, but the one I do talk about this in the article where driving to little current for a hockey game and to see the deer just gallop across and I was like I was so scared I was like what was that I'm like waiting for deer to cross after that but they didn't we got to Little Kern safely after the hockey game we're on our way back to Wiki and that exact spot where I had that deja vu, that vision they went across and I was like oh, that's all you heard me <laughs> say in the car was was that because I, I experienced that I was able to see that um, but I find um, like my kids, will, like my oldest will have a deja vu. He will talk about that. He's like, oh, I could have sworn this happened before. And I said, well, you could be like mom and you just dreamt it, but you can't recall it. Or maybe it just came to you. So we're trying to distinguish what he had as, has as a dream and then what he has as like a clear vision, right? And I feel like I big. I'm really big on meditation because I feel like once you calm the mind, slow the thoughts, be present, be in the moment, that you're able to just be more open to accepting things, be more open to answers and listening to the spirits or listening to ancestors that want to share these messages with you. But if you're constantly going or constantly scrolling, <laughs> your mind's always busy that you're never really open to hearing or seeing the messages that they're giving you. Mm -hmm. And I really like how you, um, you talk about the six different uh, subcategories about dreaming, like you really broke it down and um, talking about like dream conversation, dream visitation, dream message, dream interpretation, daydreams and prophecies or vision. I thought that was really important to just, um, yeah, to talk about the differences and to highlight that it's not just dreaming. There are diff very different things that happen. Right, and when I was looking at, um, so one of the challenges I had writing was people were like, well, why don't you use the Western version? I'm like, I could easily talk about the Western version any day of the week, yeah, let's do it. But that's not what my paper is about. I wanna privilege first and foremost, Anishinaabe knowledge. Um, and so, that's why I broke those down and pieces of it came while running, believe it or not, it was like running, especially the cedar part of it. I was like, wow, why didn't I think to add that? Um, I think that was the last piece I added into my article just before submission. I threw that in. I was like, I'm so happy I went for that run that day. And 
I was able to include that and talk about that. And I was like, how did I miss such an important dimension and aspect? <laughs> because we talk about medicine and medicine people who heal. And as I was doing research on it, to add that part, it was looking at like Vine Deloria, who would talk about bringing in this knowledge from dreams and Basil Johnson, who would talk about it too. Like these, these people went on these vision quests or these dreams and the, and the cedar spoke to them, the tobacco spoke to them or whatever medicine it was came to them in a dream. And I was like, yeah, see, I knew there was something. That's why it came to me and I needed to add it. Right. And then there are other people I spoke to who said like they dreamt of mermaids and gave the messages about the water. So I was like, yeah, I really need to add this. So that was the last part where I added because I went running and I got into this meditative state. Yeah. And I like how you also flipped it on its head too. And you're like, but it's not just our people that dream, your people dream too. <laughs> like <laughs> the theory of relativity, the periodic table, um, you know, the math, the mathematic equations and all of the things that you highlighted in that uh, paragraph. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, you know how that came to, again, like I said, I really like to meditate and I was sitting with my computer stuck and I was looking at the comments um, that were given back to me and said, you need to add more Western. I said, no, I don't. I'm really tired. Of, I'm really tired of the fight of people telling me you need to incorporate Western knowledge into our knowledge. And I said, no, I refuse to do that. And then as I was angrily writing my comments, <laughs> um, I had the TV on in the background and this show popped on and it talked about dreaming and these scientists who had had these dreams and I was like okay I'm listening I hear you <laughs> <laughs> and so I started googling the three the three people that they had the three sciences and I was like wow there's actually quite a bit of people out there that western sciences but they like try to downplay it like no 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 we didn't have those three people that would you're, you're crazy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I I was like angrily writing my comments back and I was like no I'm not doing it um the tv popped on with that show and I was like okay I hear you let's do it <laughs> yeah the ancestors were like oh be <laughs> check this out <laughs> let's check you and check this out <laughs> and if you didn't listen there when it popped up somewhere else yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you're driving downtown peterborough or something <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and i i really am a firm believer like you need to be open and like open to those messages right yeah because i i don't know what made like i never write with the tv on because i'll find i'll be like listening in the background but that day I sat down, turned it on, started writing, and I was like, <laughs> and that's when that show popped on. I don't remember what the show was, but it was there. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's, I hear you loud and clear. Let's write it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like a yeah. scary movie? Imagine if that happened though. You're just waiting, waiting your TV turns on. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. comes on. <laughs> <laughs> that was like something too. Like, how do you talk about? bad dreams and nightmares right and it's something a question that I I've been wrestling with lately when I'm when we're talking about dreams and sometimes it's just like you're overwhelmed with life like there's so much going on doesn't mean necessarily something bad's gonna happen to you it's just maybe it could be a warning like slow down for me when I have bad dreams it's like pump the brakes Amy pump the brakes let's slow her down <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to conquer the world today or this week pump the brakes and slow down and I really take those dreams I'm like okay I'm doing too much just stop and focus on two three things today and the rest will just be the ever-growing list that never ends <laughs> but I mean that list will always be there so you might as well just take your time tackling each and every single one of them so that's like when I was thinking of nightmares that sometimes it's it frightens you right and for me it frightens me to slow down stop Nice. So you actually created a citation guide in this yes. article. That <laughs> <Yes>. is phenomenal. <laughs> I like, 
I was like, oh, this is all good. I'm like, you know, reading it. And then I come towards the end and I'm like, oh my God, like <laughs> here it is. Here's how you cite your dreams. And here's how you cite messages. And I was just like blown away. Like that is, you're like, we should do this. And here's the reason why we should do this. And here's how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I find, I found like I, I it needed to be done because we're, I'm so, you know how we are in our niche communities and just indigenous communities, we're all talk, but no action sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do something, but how do we do it? Am I the right person to do it? Maybe I need to talk to somebody to do it. And um, Manuelani came into my path. My, the other scholars around Canada came into my path and we were just talking. So I know it's just not Anishinaabe. It's like most indigenous or just people in general that are able to dream right so I said well let's let's stop and let's actually do something let's make action happen yeah yeah for sure is there anything else we haven't uh, covered or touched on that you'd like to speak about um no but I feel like if people want to dream or think about dreaming like I know I always have this conversation with my friend and my partner that they don't really dream often and I always tell them that's okay but maybe just that's okay and acknowledge that that's not your gift and that is all right and the second part is if you are a dreamer start writing them down because you will find yourself looking back through and be like that happened that happened oh my gosh that's going to happen right so I feel like we just take it a little bit for granted and that we should be taking those maybe I know sometimes we sleep in, but taking those five five minutes in the morning to just quickly jot down. I do point form notes in my phone, like once my alarm goes off and then I'm like taking down notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's how I, I would encourage people if they want to do dream or recall them because you never know what's going to pop up or make sense. Maybe you'll have a series of dreams within a year and then it all makes sense like when you're reflecting back on all that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Anything, uh, what are you working on now? What's next for you? I have so many projects on the go right now. <laughs> I, well, besides I'm trying to prioritize my dissertation, um, finishing up that so that I can graduate. But right now I think I have about four journal articles on the go that if they're accepted that you'll probably see these pumped out by the end of the year. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll, wow. I don't want to say what they are until like they're actually out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Congratulations. It's a lot Thank of work. You. It is. That's what I mean. I can't read before bed because I will be in work mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I find like meditating that that's a good alternative to reading. Yeah. Right. Disciplining your thoughts, disciplining your, your thought yeah. processes. It's, it's a lot of work. It's not going to happen right away. It takes time. I'm probably about three years into doing it. I don't do it often as much lately, but I feel like, I think it's a good tool. And I think we, we, we can incorporate other practices. And when I was talking to one of my friends, um, like it makes me think of way back when, how probably our people used to meditate and you know when you talk to elders they sit there and they think before they answer and I feel like they go into like a meditative almost area because sometimes they won't even answer you for five ten minutes and you're just sitting there really awkwardly <laughs> like <laughs> it's like um did you hear me or not <laughs> hello <laughs> hello <laughs> it's them just thinking and formulating thoughts right like how do I speak and approach you in a good way without deterring you from what is or sometimes you need to be deterred it's like how do I talk to you and scold you but make you get your own decision <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so and I think um I think that's one of the things that uh, makes our people unique too is that that silence right so um moving from awkward silences and always feeling the need to fill the silence and just being comfortable with the quiet and the time that it takes to get your answer. Yes, 
right? I, I think it's really important that meditation. So like when I have conversations and there's that, I don't even want to say it's awkward quiet between us anymore, but when I have conversations with people, I just know that they're, they're thinking or Sometimes if you're like me and you have kids in the background, you hit mute so they don't hear your kids screaming in the background. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, shoot, what did they say? And I'm trying to process really quickly. And I'm like, right, right, right. That's what they asked me. So then I take a little bit longer. And then I know my non-Indigenous friends will be like, did you even hear me? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I unmute. And I'm like, yes, I'm just processing. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, just. I really like that silence that we have. It's like this understanding and you're just patiently waiting, right? And I think that's another aspect is part of dreams is being patient. You're not always going to have that answer come to you right away. It's that patience we're taught very young, right? Mm -hmm. Is being slow down, just wait, have that patience. So silence and patience, I feel like go hand in hand. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't even get our answer right then. You know, sometimes... (laughs) It's like a year before we get our answer from them. <laughs> and we live in a time where we kind of want things like a little bit more instant right now. Like yeah. if I don't know something, can ask Auntie Google. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's what I always find too, is like, we need to stop. Like, I know some, some days I'm like, oh my God, I just wish I could get that email answered right now. And it's just like, just it'll come when it'll come. And it's a lot of getting detaching from that instantaneous messaging right or that instantaneous gratification it's just like just wait like it'll happen when it'll happen so and again I I feel like that even comes back to our teachings about just things will happen when they'll happen don't force it if it's not meant to be right yeah having patience trust the universe and love the silence (laughs) but I also feel like I should also mention um like when women are silent, we shouldn't take that as like we should look at it. It's like a strength, not like it's not like we're trying to downplay anything. It's just like our silence is also strength. Yeah, absolutely. Because I yeah, it could be seen as a weakness or like a pushover kind of trait, right? And mm-hmm. and yeah. I find that the women in my life who take that silent time often have a stronger kinder well thought out response (laughs) (laughs) than those of us who respond right away (laughs) like myself (laughs) 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 what i meant to say was (laughs) it's so funny my partner pointed out like because we're from wiki we're quick we have quick tongues (laughs) they're quickie (laughs) he was like oh there's your sharp tongue again and I'm like yep there it is yep well even sometimes I'm like whoa we gotta slow her down there (laughs) I should have thought filter that out before that came out (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's I mean like that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's like that we're not perfect and we're all learning and we're learning together and you know that we're able to identify our <clears throat> our flaws. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and make fun of them. And yes. Make fun of them. <laughs> but that we also actively work on them, right? Like yeah. that this is something that we recognize and yeah. Right. Yeah. I, it's absolutely important I feel like we should all be working at on ourselves especially the older you get you can't hide behind excuses anymore and that mm-hmm. the older you get you should actively work on yourself like like I said I wasn't taught about nutrition I mean it was always like eat the four food groups and meanwhile dairy was hurting me wheat was hurting me um so just learning to like I can't have that stuff in my body because it reacts really bad right so I can't live on well I I was taught the four food groups, so that's what I have to eat. But no, it's not. It's just relearning and reteaching yourself different habits, right? And just mm-hmm. breaking away from that negative space. And like how I said, when I wanted this health journey, I had to break away from a lot of people so that I could feel. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes it's lonely, but I mean, it's worth it in the end because you'll find your support system as you're going through. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah, I had to make some dietary changes too. And 
it was hard because like yeah that's all I had grown up eating you know and mm -hmm. um thinking about like how our people have the highest rates of diabetes and you know cancer and all of these like heart issues all of the different like health that were like skyrocketing in is just like I needed to make some changes in my life as well and um, diet was one of them and yeah like Indian tacos are not <laughs> a traditional <laughs> diet <laughs> as much as we try to claim it to be no it is not <laughs> yeah. but it's a commodity diet right so it's a diet that was from commodity foods that was forced on us right and it's colonized just, food yeah yeah. yeah, it's colonized food, and it, and then we we used it for survival for so long that we just indoctrinated into our diet and into our food system and said like this is traditional, but really when you look at the history of it, it it's it's colonized. It was flour that we were never given, and the way it was cooked and everything else, it's not really part of our systems. But when you and a lot of the food now, right, is all stuff that's bad for us and it's not really good, and it's looking at these healthy ways and it gets frustrating because when I when COVID hit I moved back to the, the reserve for the six months mainly because I needed help with my kids and I wanted to finish school but looking at the price of food it's not always easy to make that lifestyle change right it's expensive like yeah. when I was buying a bag of apples I was like wow it's almost ten dollars <laughs> when I could go buy french fries and chicken or something for, <laughs> for six burgers. bucks yeah <laughs> right so it's it's just like just looking at the changes and then I come from this understanding and I also acknowledge that my privilege living in the city I do have access to clean food and and more options whereas on reserve you don't really have that so I, I can also look back and reflect like we while we weren't given those options because of the price our parents were just probably some of our parents were just getting by or mm -hmm. didn't have that understanding right so one of the things that always frustrates me is click and spam <laughs> <laughs> and people are like that is so good I'm like no it's not it's terrible for your body <laughs> I always fall asleep after a bologna and chip sandwich <laughs> All the sodium, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even know the last time I had bologna. <laughs> bologna, cheese whiz, fry bread, <laughs> chips. Right? Mm. This is a hard one to kick. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you also talked about like your physical health too. So I know with me, like I took a huge blow um, because powwows were canceled, right? So that was my weekend exercise. And that's where, you know, I got my, you talked about like the runner's high. And for me, it was like after maybe the first or second push-up of the powwow song that I would get into the zone and you know, the people would disappear, the crowd disappears, the other dancers disappear, and then it's just me and the song. And, you know, my insecurities disappear, everything. And it's just, my spirit is dancing and there's no better feeling than that. And, and then it was gone, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I like, I lost a huge amount of muscle mass um, in like, yeah. And um, I was working on a pair of leggings that fit perfectly. And now they're huge on me because of how much muscle mass I've lost in my legs from uh, not continuing any kind of physical activity, you know? And um, like, I didn't even replace it with anything. I didn't like start running or I didn't go for like daily walks. And so for me, like the past, um, probably since, about December, January is when I started dancing in my basement. <laughs> and so I would just like, you know, have my own little powwow down here and, you know, play my powwow music. And <laughs> I mean, um, sometimes I even got dressed, you know, like did my hair and put all my beadwork on and cried for a little bit of my jingle dress. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I would 
would just dance because I missed it so much. But also because I knew that I was like, okay, you know, like time to kick my butt into gear here. Like something's got to be done because it's not okay. And we're looking at probably another year with no powwows. So really got to take care of my physical health. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. I feel like, like, as a student, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this, like something often goes, either you're doing your schoolwork, or it's your health, or your physical, your friendships, your sleep, because <laughs> you're trying to like juggle all of these all up in the air, right? And so often students will neglect their health. It's the first thing to go. And because you're so focused on trying to get the grades. And I know with everything, um, when I was doing the running in the fall, I was like, I need to schedule, like I had to start compartmentalizing everything. Like three hours I'm dedicating to writing, two hours to reading. Then in the evening when the kids come home, I'd be like, okay, we're all going outside for a walk. If we're gonna go here, or we're gonna go biking, whatever it was, I, I had to start incorporating physical activity for them. And I was starting to miss running. And but when it started to snow, I feel I feel you. I stopped running because I was like, I don't know how y'all are doing the running in the winter, but that's awesome. <laughs> you are keeping me inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it like I stopped running, so I'll have to rebuild that muscle mass and rebuild my distance and everything else that goes with it because um you, you like I didn't want to slip and fall and my moneymaker is right here. And <laughs> I can't, I have to protect that. So I was like, unless I go running with a helmet, but I don't want to be that person running with a helmet. <laughs> I like those 90s cyclists. Real big. <laughs> so I, I was like, we need to just, this is me taking time to slow down and acknowledge that I need to slow down. And I'm okay with that. It's just the season and that's okay. So... <laughs> Winter's for hibernation anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> rest. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Beauty rest. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started off my whole health journey walking 20 minutes a day. That's honestly how I started and it just kind of grew from there. I kind of got bored walking 20 minutes. So I started walking 30, got bored, started walking 45, got bored. I was walking an hour and I was like, well, why am I walking an hour when I could just run 30 minutes? <laughs> so I just slowly um, gradually added more time and speed. And next thing you know, I was just, I was running 12 kilometers and I was like, holy geez, I just started doing that like earlier this year from walking 20 minutes to running 12 kilometers. And I was, I was like, well, why not? Let's start training for a marathon. And I picked the wrong, like the worst time to do it because it was like winter was coming around the corner. And I was like, well, I could just run in the gyms because the gyms are starting to open back up and then COVID happened again. So everything shut down. So I was like, okay, well, I quit. <laughs> I'll start again in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> I know I often think about like, It'd be nice to go to a park and check out the stairs, do some stairs. But I live in like a little townhouse and there's lots of stairs here. So I don't know. I just blast up some music and run up and down. These <laughs> yes. That's the Rocky theme song. <laughs> Get to the top. Yeah. If Amy can do it, so can yes. I. <laughs> That's my son's favorite song. He pumps himself up going to daycare. He's like, mom, can you play Eye of the Tiger? So from our house to his daycare is exactly the song length. So Aww. I crank it right up and he's like, turn it up. And we're just like jamming. I know all the lyrics before. I never knew the lyrics, but now I know all of them. So like I'm driving. I'm like, I'm all pumped up to start my day after I drop them off. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, let's listen. And like, and when I pick him up after school, um, he'll listen to a different song, but like just before we get home, he's like, let's go for a ride. Listen to Eye of the Tiger. And I'm like, yes, let's do it because now I'm pumped up. <laughs> let's get our <laughs> evening on. <laughs> That's and, awesome. 
he is so funny because he started encouraging like he was singing it at daycare and so the kids started singing it at daycare and so he started singing um the, the beginning of the of the song and so the kids would join in and so <laughs> the daycare teacher at the end of the day tells me um yeah so they're singing the song and then he looks at them and he starts laughing at them he's laughing he's like is that your favorite song <laughs> I'm like dude you started that <laughs> but it's such a good catchy song it's like uplifting it's motivating it really gets your day going so the kids love it they're singing it I have the tiger ball <laughs> the songs at daycare they're not singing twinkle twinkle little star they're singing I have the tiger <laughs> see them all punching like little <laughs> little stuffies yeah well if he can motivate an entire daycare to do that I can't wait to see who he grows up to be <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point I never even thought of that but yeah I, I can't wait to <laughs> I was just like oh my god you're just you're just doing you all day <laughs> Uh, all right well I think if uh, nobody else has anything then I think we could wrap it up there and uh, again just want to say miigwech to you for joining us today and uh, sharing sharing your words yes you're miigwech and it's so nice to meet you Steph and thank you for having me on additional dates yes it's so nice meeting you too and I didn't even I just realized I didn't even introduce myself Ani my name's Steph. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh.